don't he know said how to gets count down. To. He said gets to. Sounds like a privilege. It sounds like a privilege. Yes. Five, four, three. You did. That was awful. Well, <laughs> I didn't that say was I was good at it. There was, there was, you need to do it with more gusto. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, everybody. I'm Danielle. I'm Daniel. And I'm Carla. Where is your phone? Oh, wait. That's what a I usually say. A true crime podcast. You know, I have effects I could throw on here. Effects? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a every, lot of work. Every... Well, I would have to like stand up and walk Reach. over to the soundboard. Since we're all on the couch, except for me. Yeah. You're slouched over in a chair. You look very uncomfortable. I am. That's, That's just I... her permanent You know, posture, let's not though. make fun of my posture. <laughs> I'm going to say I had scoliosis as a child. but That's a lie, and I actually have yeah, scoliosis. <laughs> so... That's a That's lie, awful. okay? You know. It's not funny. I have scoliosis. It's not funny. My, cra- my spine's crooked. That's why I don't make jokes about shitting my pants, Danielle, because I wouldn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> or hurt my, my mom's feelings. <laughs> It's going to happen to you. I'm sure it already has. Yeah. I was really sick, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carly, you do anything this I'm week? so fucking tired. Like, I truly just need to get through this so I can go to bed. Oh, my. I know. It's no one's fault. It's no go one's fault. Go get a fault. Red Bull. No, because I just want to go to bed after this. I put a washer and a dryer down into a basement today, and it just killed me. An old basement, so it's not normal where it, it just w- goes we straight into down. We a lot of problems, so I'm just really tired. Weird, because your 60-year-old father seems to be doing just fine. He doesn't sleep all the time. <laughs> He's used to not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Also, I don't really feel very good, so. Are you sick and you're here? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Some went out with some girl last night and she was like, I have a cold. And I was like, why are you here? And what? then I woke up this morning and my throat hurts. Uh, what so are you now my watching? throat hurts. Hmm? What are you watching? Nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. But I did. I went to Howl at the Moon, which is like. I've, I've been there a couple of times. It's not my favorite place. No, it's kind of dumb. It is dumb. It was dumb back then. Why was it done back then? I don't know, just kind of lackluster, isn't that? Do you even know what they do there? They drink. No, they have a dueling piano bar. The owner of that hates the Colts. Well, why the fuck is he here? I have no idea. Because it's a chain restaurant. He's from uh-huh. He's from Baltimore. Yeah. Oh. So you didn't even remember the most important part of the bar. It's been a little while. I'm sure I was 21. It's a p- dueling piano bar. I don't remember that. And they also have other instruments too. Anyway, so they were playing Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a very well-known song. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know every word to it, I'm suspicious of you. <laughs> but this girl that I was with, I don't know her very well, but her brother paid, played basketball at IU. I know that. Okay. And she was like, what the hell is this song? And you went, oh. I was oh. like, what? Mighty Ducks? I was like, it's, Mo- it's Bohemian Rhapsody. She was like, what? What? And it played for a little bit more, and she goes, why are they playing this shit? 
It's not like we're at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, but I truly don't I truly don't know what she meant by that. Like did it sound like, like a fighting a marching song or maybe. something like a marching I mean band? they play it during Mighty Ducks, which is a great show. But I'm trying to I'm still trying to figure out the correlation. It's not, it's like, not like we're at the University they play Bohemian of Notre- Rhapsody and during the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, at the end She's not the one to look at. I don't really. I remember I I them playing it. "We Are the Champions," Shut which up. is also a Shut that's song. what I meant. That's what oh, I meant. Oh my god! <laughs> she was gonna make fun of this girl for not knowing the song. She didn't even know it. I knew what I was talking about in my head. I was not far off. <laughs> I'm still making fun of that girl. No, I don't. I don't know what to say. Because you weren't even thinking of the right song. I but I knew it in my head. <laughs> you said they, Do you they see what play it at the end? Of <laughs> Daniel's over there trying to figure out how to correct me, but you wanted to make sure. No, I was really confused. I'm like, <laughs> what version of the Mighty you, Ducks is this? She's talking about Mighty Ducks too. Yeah, maybe yeah, <laughs> maybe there was a three. Was there a Mighty Ducks three? Uh, Do you I see what know. now you understand what it's like to be me? Like I'm always just off the mark by a little bit. Like oh, almost, but not quite. Is that why there's pee all over your bathroom floor? No, <laughs> that's not from me. So <laughs> I don't even know now what to say. Like, I'm so sorry. My theory really was ruined by that. <laughs> that every... I know the words to both of those songs. That's why, Carly, you don't say insulting things about people because you never know. I I wasn't insulting right her. I was just genuinely confused Dude. first. Well, I thought it was weird that she didn't hadn't, didn't know the song. Like I was conf- so I was making fun of her for that, but then when she tried to correlate it to Notre Dame, my soul just just tr- I was so confused trying to figure out where what that meant. At and least I still don't she know. was drunk, Danielle. <laughs> I've had a lot of caffeine. <laughs> That was gonna be that was my story. I'm sorry, my story for the day. (laughs) Never mind. Doesn't make sense anymore. Not everyone knows Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm sorry. (laughs) You got to give it to her though. You you at least knew the band. Yeah, Yeah, see, and I know the words to both those songs. Yeah, they They, like play it at the end of all sports movies. Oh yeah, they made a movie. They did. Explain to her because I can't. Explain to her what? The movie they made. About what? <sighs> the Mighty Ducks? No, you just said, <laughs> I want to see that movie. Oh. And I know what you're talking I, about. I literally thought you guys were ignoring me. <laughs> no, we're no. both sitting here looking at you. Uh, okay. So they're making a movie. They're making a biopic about uh, Queen and Freddie Mercury. So. It just looks like it's going to be a good movie. That's what she needed you to explain to me. Oh. Yeah. That they're just and making they're... a movie about Queen and Freddie Mercury. Yes. I didn't know the second part. <laughs> God. Folks, we're on the struggle bus tonight. We're on the struggle bus. And mm-hmm. I'm the one that just woke up from a nap. Carla could sleep through a bomb. I mean, I mean I'm not going to try anytime soon. Our daughter was like messing with you. I know. I mean. And you're like, okay, I'm going to nap right now. <laughs> <laughs> she kept putting things on me and eventually I just didn't feel it anymore. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. she was like sitting next to you, standing up and down, playing with her sunglasses, and you're just passing. No, out. I did not know that. She had like the best way to describe it without spending ten minutes describing what it is. It's like a little Nerf gun, <laughs> and she walked up, and I started recording right away because she had she had that look on her mm-hmm. face, 
and she uh i thought she was gonna go up and shoot carla right in the fucking face and i i was i was ready for it and then she didn't she walked up on the couch and looked at her and goes carla go back to sleep uh because she wanted to <laughs> shoot her like, probably Maybe. but then Maybe. she didn't i don't mm-hmm. think i don't know I could sleep through anything i can't it's great you turn the fan off i'll wake up yeah that's a very yep. i'll be mad too interesting thing that happens I need that ambient sound, yo. You're going to have damage to your ears. What? That constant. <laughs> That's okay. I'll take it. Because I got to sleep with the fan on. I got to have it on me, though. Oh, no. Really? I enjoy. I want to sleep in a room that is like 50 degrees Ugh. and windy. No. Then I and get under- windy. I just yes. got the chills. You just saying that gave me too. the cold chills. Like, But then I like a ton of blankets, and then it gets nice and toasty nope. underneath, but my face has to stay cool. I mm. wake up sweaty. I woke up sweaty just now. I don't- so dad thinks something's wrong. Oh, internally with you? Yeah, he's like, uh, he thinks I have thyroid problems because I wake up sweaty. But I looked it up online, and the most common factor is I must be going through menopause. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called... Yeah. Early onset. <laughs> Early onset menopause. It's either that or I have tuberculosis. Well, okay. I or can cancer. That. Well, or maybe both. From waking know. up sweating? I wake up sweaty every day. So you're on WebMD? Yeah. Well, well no, yeah. he said he heard online somewhere. Or <laughs> heard it online? <laughs> <laughs> he heard somewhere that it could be a thyroid issue. I I could understand that. Get your thyroid tested. I guess. I don't know. I've already this been to the doctor last- twice this month. What do you say about good. your eyeball? There's nothing I can do. I just need to stop being so stressed out. You're, yes, thank you for that prescription, doctor. I'll yeah. be sure so to go get it filled. you went to the wrong kind of doctor. Well, and she said that. She goes, we don't diagnose this stuff. She was like, I'll look up and see if there's anything I can. Was this I a can. family doctor? Yeah. I didn't go for that. I was getting like an exam. Mm-hmm. But... I just asked her about it. She was like, there's, I mean, she's like, I'll look up and see if there's something I could prescribe you. But she's like, we don't really deal with this kind of stuff. Twitchy eyes. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Did you tell her how long it had been going on for? That sounds exotic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. She Have you like, been out of the country here Man. lately? No. You came back with twitchy eye? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just am going to remain broken, I think. I think it adds a little bit of character. It's just part of who I am. No one listening to us can see your twitchy eye. No. I think about it all day. I'm like, God, Carla's probably sitting there, fucking eyes just going. It really Snapchats of it. That's the best. I've been able to send them back before, though. Snapchats of Yeah, mine's doing it right now. Oh, that's so creepy. Do you want me to smack you in the face? I can do that. No, well, she's like. I think eye twitching is also. alcohol related oh so that's honestly like i i do not drink i just binge drink sometimes on the weekends and that might be enough to keep it going i mean last night i had a beer and two drinks last night well what are you stressed about my dad's about to have open heart surgery just and i your can't dad, not i can't dad. picture a whole a day without him just your well, dad not my your dad. eyes been twitching long before that i know that was because <laughs> so... of her but that's why I'm stressed nice try, right now. Nice try, see. That's see. why I'm stressed out now, though. And you work every day, all day. Yeah. Well, why aren't my eyes twitching, Danielle? Because you twitch Actually, my else. hair's falling out. That's yeah, what's See, it's, it's, it's always something. Both of you are just not medicated enough. What I'm, am I supposed to do? I'm just tired. Just beg for more medicine? Yeah, I'd be like, fix me, dick. 
Okay, no, first of all, right. we know my doctor. She's like a longtime friend. So oh, okay. I'm not I know get mad at her. About. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I bet there's nothing you can do for twitchy eye. I bet it well, is. Well, she was like, we can zap or... that nerve, but then you'll have a droopy eyelid. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> Daniel's on Should you go see a. Uh, An eye doctor. Say. Last time I saw a fucking eye doctor, they were like, your eyes are fine. Go away. Was it twitchy? Oh, go. No, but like, I literally thought I was having eye problems. And they were like, you're fine. Go away. You had that same problem, too. What? No, that mine was different. After I didn't tell her about like. By time she figured out what I needed, she, they had already dilated my eyes before she got in the room. Mm-hmm. Or no, that's what it was. They dilated my eyes. The per like not the doctor or the doctor walks in and dilates them real quick and then leaves and then comes back to do the exam. And it was the first exam. And by the time we started talking, and I was telling her what my issue was, she's like, "Oh." <laughs> Oh, I probably right. should. Uh, <laughs> if I had known that, I wouldn't have dilated your eyes. She goes, "Cause what I need to check, cause I have, I have a problem like reading, transferring lines, Doesn't is what everyone? my because I have one eye, I have one eye that's twenty twenty five, and then one eye that's twenty twenty. Who wants to? Talk? That's exactly what I have. And they were like, "Go away, you're fine." But you wear contacts, don't you? No. Oh, you don't. It's me. No. Mine Man, is. I literally have perfect you're, vision. You're the only one of four people that eyes aren't fucked up somehow. And your parents are both have lights. It's your twitching. Your parents are both had LASIK. Yeah. It's twitching right now. No, I all the well, and I just have a slight stigmatism. And they were like, "Your eyesight's fine," and I was like, "Okay, well, I thought it was they an issue that bad I couldn't focus it. on words." Yeah, because people would literally kill you and take your eyeballs to fix their eye problems. So you should get the fuck out of that place quick. So I I'd just take was like, your whatever, man. Mine are what negative two point seven five. The hell does that even mean? It's just bad. The farther <laughs> you go into the negatives, the worse it gets. What are um, Lindsay's like negative eight? I don't. I honestly don't know. Remember we talked about like her. Prescription I remember and, oh. you guys talking about that. Yeah. She, was, she was blind. blind. As a bat. Don't blind look, as a bat. but that person behind you is cross-eyed as a bat. <laughs> <laughs> How far have we been going? 15 minutes. Okay, we got to start this. That's fine. I'm excited to learn and, and listen and fall asleep. I mean, right. I mean, the, you wait, might. I don't know. <laughs> give me a hint, then we can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, give us something. She's really good at this, folks. Shark Week. Okay, Blood, so. Blood, teeth. I, um, Jaws. I went chumming for sharks earlier in the week. Ew. You did? Yes. Yes. What's chumming mean? That That's when you sit down and you have. A case of the green apple splatters, like Look the poo straight water. Chumming on Urban Dictionary. No wonder. <laughs> Where it sounds like hailstones on a farm pond. What? <laughs> Wyatt? Hailstones on a farm pond? I'm doing it. It's okay. not funny when you do it. Okay. Okay. It's not really. Okay. Chumming. Oh. <laughs> Why is that something? That's not an act. That's not like an act. What's it say? It says menstruating, the <gasps> monthly act of vaginal bleeding. <sighs> don't go swimming in the ocean when you're chumming. There, it's still- I don't like that. You don't get to control it. You don't control it, so it's not like... Any other ones? The act of dragging one's naked arse, a c-carost, spelled with two Cs, <laughs> a floor using only one's arms to move forward. Much like a dog does when it has <laughs> worms. No, that's not no, when it has worms. Is... That's when its anal glands are swollen. Yeah, what is going on? I did a bit of chumming on Rick's floor last night. Picked it up, 
picked up a few splinters along the way. Ew. <laughs> when one inserts a chunk of toffee <laughs> into their buttocks <laughs> and bends over while an acquaintance licks it out. <laughs> Where? No, that doesn't Excuse even make sense. Excuse me, sir. Would you care for a sport of chumming? <laughs> that didn't even make any sense. Why don't Which this has a different like definition for each one. <laughs> and I still no haven't learned anything. <laughs> I have not learned anything. Okay. Well. okay. Shark Week. What Ooh, is ha, it? Ha. What is it though? It's got to be one of those. No, it's not. Okay, this the after going down on a woman while she is menstruating. Yep, there it is. Okay, that one makes sense. That (laughs) was posted by Teabagger too. Thank you, Teabagger. July thirteenth, two thousand five. It was a good year. (laughs) What? How did we? Like I said, that was a good year. (laughs) That was a good year. year. Actually, it was a horrible year, if I recall specifically. You graduate from high school, then it all went down. (laughs) Any other guesses? Well, you said Shark chumming, Week. Chumming, wait. So Chumming doesn't have anything. So Shark Week doesn't have... Shark Week does. Somebody got bit by a shark. Keep going. On the beach in Indiana In the beach. water. Uh, how about I just tell you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, like, I was telling them that sometimes cases will find me, or at least it just feels like it does, because I was going to do a different one this week and pick this one for whenever else, but... I decided to pull it up just to, you know, save it in your bookmarks so I can find it later. But then I looked at the date of when it happened and I was like, oh, that's like this weekend. So the anniversary of it. And I was like, oh, there's no way that I just randomly decided to look this up. And it's the, I don't know if it was the 74th or 73rd. I might have to have you do math. What ship? Delivered. Oh, I know what you're doing. Yes, now. I knew. It would what is know it? What, what is now. it? That's not fair. I said three words. You guys have been on the earth longer. You've been on the earth. Well, longer. I only know that because we had already talked about a couple weeks ago. You doing the USS doing Indianapolis? There you God go. God damn it. There you go. God damn it. Why is this related? Just because it's called the USS Indianapolis, or is there actually stuff that happens in Indianapolis? Or it's people from Indiana. <laughs> or the Indianapolis would have been enough for me. Okay. Yep. I, that would have been enough for me, too. Same. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. The USS Indianapolis had delivered the crucial component of the first operational atomic bomb to a naval base on the Pacific island of Tiania. Tianana. T- Tijuana? Nope. No. Tinian. Tinian. Thank you. The Pacific <laughs> island of Tinian. The history of the... Yeah. The Manhattan Project and the atomic bomb is part of World War II I'm f- very familiar with. What is the name of the bomb they were carrying? A part of the bomb. Chimichanga. Uh, fat Man and Little Boy. They were carrying... Oh, my. wasn't that I guess they didn't ship them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. They carried... Fat Man. No, Little Boy. Oh, it was Little Boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. My answer wasn't that bad, honestly. If those were, <laughs> I think that Little was Boy the answer. was the first one dropped, too. Yeah. And neither the captain, Charles McVeigh, nor any of the crew members have been told about the shipment's content, accompanied by two armed officers. So none of them even knew what they were shipping. No. Uh, they knew it was important because they were like, get it on the ship and get it there fast. So they, I think they set a record. It was like, 
they went 32 knots as fast as they could all the way there. Where was there? I don't think the pilots that were carrying the bomb knew what they were doing until like the night before. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how many miles per hour a knot is? No, I can't, but Daniel can look it up. Because <laughs> that doesn't really mean no, anything to me. No, it means nothing to me. <laughs> I know the higher the knots, probably the faster they were going. I, I, could, I would go with that for sure. Do we know? Yeah, it's one. It's 1.1 miles per hour, 1.151. Okay, I was going to so... say, I, I didn't think it was that far over. Okay. Okay, but that still probably feels pretty fast when you're on water. Oh, yeah. China depends on how choppy the waves are yeah. and stuff, too. Yeah, because boats don't go a whole. Mm-hmm. A lot faster than that. Yeah. So they sent set a record delivering this shipment, and they guessed everything from scented toilet paper to like mattress springs. Like guys just talked. Some of them suspected that there were scientists because they didn't really carry things correctly. Like one of their pens would be upside down, but they were dressed in like officer attire. And if you asked them what caliber gun they shot, they just kind of looked at you. <laughs> like so, they think okay. maybe like I'm sure. Uh, you know, army officers were guarding the contents, but I think some scientists were dressed as army officers to go along with it. Yep, that's kind of dope. Wouldn't surprise me. Do we know? And this might be too much to ask. Like, like what are the contents of an atomic bomb? Do you know? Um, they had two different kinds. They had one that was done by a fission bomb, and then they had one that was done by fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, the fission bomb was a, I can't remember if, if it, the specifics, if it was a uranium or a plutonium core. But that's when the, the particles this hit was together, uranium. That's where they bombard it with like, it's like an electrical current, basically. And if I'm wrong about this, I'm sorry, but I've, I'm pretty close. But they have some that goes off and basically it bombards it and it basically causes it to crush in on itself. And and then it explodes. Then that the sounds right. Mm-hmm. From the and then out. they have the other one, and that was the way. That was the quicker way they realized to do it. Otherwise, it took forever to enrich the plutonium. This uranium. is. I, can't, I know it took forever. I think to enrich the uranium, they figured out how to use plutonium as the fuel, and that was quicker to produce the, because they had an they had an entire city basically in California or in Tennessee dedicated to enriching the uranium hmm. and that's what was in the cylindrical tubes was uranium for the little okay. great yes. yes so that's the, what they were the shit in there was very potent very potent and took a long time to make but um i think somebody said because obviously i remember talking about this in high school and somebody posed the question to the teacher what would happen if it had got shot down with the bombs had yeah gone off, and they said unless the um you know obviously if they'd been damaged and down there you would have had all that free-flowing nuclear fucking waste, but mm-hmm. um, the but bombs it, the bombs wouldn't have gone off without the detonation from inside. And then okay. the other one was the was like a slug, like a uranium slug, and then there was a uranium core at the bottom, and it was like a gun. So they uh. met so fast that that gun going off and going down into the cylinder and hitting that it hit obviously at such a rate of speed that causes the the critical or it reaches critical mass from all the shit splitting and multiplying and if i had a marker board i could draw it out a little <laughs> bit better and make impressive myself sound just a little bit smarter yeah, that's he, a pretty impressive that you know all this we watched a documentary not too long ago i mean you watched more of it than i oh, did I'm, yeah, i i um i did a project on the manhattan i did a project on, on the manhattan, manhattan project, project. <laughs> uh in high school okay so uh, and yeah. obviously 
It's better bike. that you don't Google how bombs are made. Mm. Yeah. But I'm glad you were able to know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that bomb, obviously, are you, do you get into, you know, you don't really talk anymore about Mm-mm. the bomb. Nope, By just... today's standards, those bombs are nothing. Yeah. Very interesting like and you'd also have, terrifying. Like, back yes. then, that goes off. Everything within a mile is... Um, in fact, actually, yeah. Yeah, the, but the epicenter of the bomb is not, you know, everything around there. I'm trying to think how, how big that is. But you have a mile, and then up to two miles, you have a little bit of damage. Today's bomb, if it went off at in the middle of downtown Indianapolis, it would level the entire county, Marion County, and it would go into the following, it'd go into the surrounding counties. So a bigger... And I'm, talking, I'm not talking just damage. I'm talking flatten. There's Everything a website you can get gone. onto and select different bombs and see like yes. the damage. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, and that's actually how I know that. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking terrifying. Honestly. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I want to be able to not. The sleep largest tonight. nuclear bomb ever detonated was by the Russians. It was called the Tsar Bomba, and oh, they that's let cute. it off in like Serbia, way up north. And the the um, mushroom cloud was. I'm trying to think. It was like it was taller than Mount Everest. Jeez. It was yeah. So and then they're kind of like, maybe this like is bad for the environment. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Uh, well, they, uh, they, they, I think one thing I'd read said even the Russians were like, oh, but they obviously never released that footage. I don't think until years later. Mm-hmm. But then that's when everyone started signing the, that, you know, all the arms agreements that, you know, I won't use unless it's entirely necessary. And Jesus, anyways. what was the date that they dropped the bomb? August something, 1945, and then August something else, like two or three days later in 1945. I want to say the 5th or the 6th, Yes, and then the 8th or the 9th. Well, this one, August 6th, 1945, the weapon would level Hiroshima. Hiroshima? Hiroshima. Uh, I I hear it pronounced both ways. Hiroshima? Hiroshima and Hiroshima. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think it's Hiroshima is how it's Yeah, that's probably sounds better. I think that's how I heard it pronounced. But... But we're not talking about that. No, no we're not. <laughs> nope. Boy, we already got we already got a couple hundred thousand people dead. Yeah. We haven't even got to Well, we're gonna rewind it like a couple days. Oh. So it's July twenty eighth. Which is yesterday. yesterday nineteen forty five. How many years ago is that? Um Math is hard, I will help you. Don't hang on. Uh don't uh, tell me. Okay, well I, I've me. got it for you when if you don't want to. Um Six seventy three. Seven four. So, oh, I was going to say seventy four, but I did the math already one time. Okay, so seventy four years ago this weekend, but by the time this comes out, it'll be Thursday, July twenty eighth, nineteen forty five. The Indianapolis sailed from Guam without an escort to meet the battleship USS Idaho in the Letty Gulf in the Philippines. About twelve hundred mile trip to prepare for the invasion of Japan. That'd be the name of Carla's ship, the USS Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> so they've dropped off the bomb, and they're like, "Okay, now go to the Philippines." And they go, "Okay." Um, it was customary, though, for a heavy cruiser like the Indianapolis to be accompanied by a battleship escort because they didn't have sonar. Captain McVeigh was assured that things are very quiet. The Japanese are on their last leg, and there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. I have a feeling this is not true. Kind of. They called I mean, it on the, you're in the backwaters, like you're not in the way of anything going on. And the Indianapolis was damaged in 
Okinawa or something. Okinawa. Yeah, yeah they, it was damaged. I think only like nine people were di- had died, but then it's been it was repaired. The guys kind of thought they were done. But then this mission came up. So then the next day was quiet, and the Indianapolis was making about 17 knots through the seemingly endless Pacific. As the sun set over the ship, the sailors played cars, read books, or slept while waiting for their next shift to start. So the guy that I'm ta- that I've taken firsthand accounts from is James E. O'Donnell. He's from Indiana, and I'm not sure where specifically. So he is a survivor of the Indianapolis. So is the guy that- from Jaws. <laughs> I have the audio clip. <laughs> oh. um, so this tells me something goes wrong. Yes. <laughs> At sea, James O'Donnell always tried to sleep topside. By day, he was a water tender. He worked in the heat of the ship's boiler room, making steam to power the vessel. And he wasn't interested in sleeping in his bunk below deck, where it was well over 100 degrees. Jesus Christ. So a lot of guys slept outside. What they didn't know is that they were being watched. Shortly after midnight, a Japanese torpedo from the submarine I-58 hit the Indianapolis on the starboard bow, blowing about 65 feet of the ship's bow out of the water and igniting a tank containing 3,500 gallons of aviation fluid into a pillar of fire shooting several hundred feet into the sky. So they were carrying combustibles on this ship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, technically the last day that the Indianapolis was sailing was today, 74 years ago, and it got hit by torpedoes like 15 minutes after didn't midnight the, you might you might cut this out because i might be jumping the gun but then i think they recently discovered the wreckage mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah lit okay then another torpedo from the same submarine hit closer to midship hitting fuel tanks and powder magazines and setting off a chain reaction of explosions that effectively ripped the indianapolis in two still traveling at 17 knots the indianapolis began taking on massive amounts of water the 610-foot ship sank in about 12 minutes because they were going, you know, it's not like the Titanic where they weren't moving and they just slowly, like, water just slowly filled it. The Indianapolis was moving as it was sinking, so more water was rushing in. Of the nearly 1,200 men aboard, 900 made it into the water alive. How many? 1,200 men aboard, 900 made it this into the water. This is a big-ass fucking ship. Yeah. By the time O'Donnell and his mates were able to find life jackets, the Indianapolis was almost completely on its side. O'Donnell raced across the port side hull and slid down the keel between the propeller shafts into the water. Eyes and throat scorching from spilt diesel oil, he swam blindly, joining the others who had likewise gone overboard. The water was full of men, screaming as the salt water flooded their burns and wounds. Others, with no time to dress, had taken to the sea in nothing but their underwear, and now clung to debris or swam desperately for other sailors, stray life rafts, and life jackets. I had a hard time because I did not have a K-Buck life jacket that first night. So I, I had to swim. Tread water or drown. Jim's buddy, Woody James, has seen no one since the sinking. I was shouting my head off when guess who answered me? I've never been so glad to hear anybody in my life. 
Being together improves Woody and Jim's chances of survival, but their situation is still dire. They are lost in the Philippine Sea. This is truly terrifying, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like out of the middle of nowhere, your ship gets hit twice, and within 12 minutes, it is gone. Like, completely submerged in water. And um, That's how the, um, the Titanic sister, the, uh, the Brit... The Britannic. Yeah. Mm. But see, that thing's sitting in fairly shallow water. I think that thing's only in like 300 feet of water. So you can actually swim down to it, and it's pretty well preserved. Mm -hmm. But it's just sitting. It got blown out by... They think they hit a mine. Oh, interesting. it blew a big hole in the side, and that thing sank in like 30 minutes. Yeah. And it just like went over on its side and just sank down to the side on one piece, and there it sits today. And you're like, yay. It's all uh, terrifying. As the sun rose on July 30th, the survivors bobbed in the water. Life rafts were scarce. The living searched the dead floating in the water and took their life jackets for survivors who had none. Survivors began forming groups in the open water. Rescue, they believed, was mere hours away. Uh, O'Donnell said you had to believe that. If you gave up, you didn't make it. So because the men on board were certain that a distress signal had gone out, and some people later testified to the fact of like no i saw the needle move that signal went out and they were due in port the next day in the philippines so if they didn't show up obviously they would go where's the indianapolis we know it's a fast ship it should be here and they would come for them so at least it's just maybe one more day that they have to do this Navy <laughs> Navy intelligence had intercepted a message from a Japanese submarine that had torpedoed the Indianapolis, describing how it had sunk an American battleship along the Indianapolis's route. But the message was disregarded as a trick to allure American rescue mm. boats into an ambush. So they said, that's bullshit. We're not coming. Shit. What happens when you've got 900 men in the water... That are bleeding and throwing up piss and shit. Hang on. I got an answer for you. I know, but I'm scared. I know what you... But you could put the... Yeah, I know what you're putting in. That is... <laughs> is that a very effective use of music two notes know. two notes and you have a well villain. so funny story the reason i have that ready on my phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have this ready the, now the guy that cuts our grass has like just fucking killed it like literally killed it mm -hmm. and so i made a fun little movie of him cutting the yard one day going back and forth because he was in front of my office window and so I was playing that. <laughs> so I made a nice little video for the fellers on the floor. And That's funny. <laughs> so yes, sharks were drawn to the wreckage. They would have heard the sound of it, the explosion, even like. Well, can't they smell blood in the water up yeah. like a mile away, and then everyone uh, flailing and stuff? Yeah, like that would have. They would have heard the low sonic boom sound for miles and miles and miles. And then once they head that direction, the as sharks swim, you know, they have two no nostrils. And as they swim, they can smell through the left or the right. And, and it then... tells them which direction to go. 
It's dawn on the first day after the sinking of the Indianapolis. Different groups of survivors are scattered across miles of ocean. Of the 900 men that made it off the ship, perhaps 200 have died from their injuries during the night. Now, in the daylight, sharks are circling the dead near Giles McCoy's raft. There were sharks everywhere. I mean, God. I have no idea where they came from. two guys near me. The surviving crewmen have no idea how to deal with these ultimate predators. They are outnumbered and completely out of their depth. Okay, sharks were drawn to the sound of the explosion, the sinking of the ship, and the thrashing and blood in the water. Though many species of shark live in the open water, the one that they've figured out is probably most responsible for the attack on the men in the water is the oceanic white tip. They essentially hang out in the abandoned part of the Pacific Ocean or what would be the desert. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a lot of the other sharks. You know, I think they some said the biggest one ever seen was 13 feet, usually under 10 feet. And they have their dorsal fin is really rounded. What'd you call me? And has like white on the top and then they're Pectoral fins are also kind of paddleboard rounded and has white on the tips of those. So that's how you know that it's him. Now, in the Jaws clip, Quint, is that his name? The old dude? Quinn. Quinn. I got to tell you um, something. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Jaws. We know. Oh, okay. Oh, did we talk about this? Well, already? and I, I know the final scene because I do, I like to pay attention to the Famous movie scenes. This famous is the movie one of the quotes. most famous movies. We're gonna I know. It's what I've seen yeah. the scene. I know it. Of him explaining what it was like in the water. No, I've, I've seen. That the, whole movie's iconic, though. I know. It's I've terrifying. seen the part, though, of how they get rid of the big guy. The big guy. No, so Quinn, though, is explaining that he survived the Indianapolis, but the shark he men- mentions is a tiger shark. And those, I think, are bigger, and it's possible they were involved in some attacks, but they think mostly were oceanic white tips. Okay. Okay. And uh, it's been so long. You know, when we first started dating, we watched Shark Week I know. every time. I know. Well, I know, but then as it went on, it's like, this is the same fucking show. No, I show still love it. Week. I was trying to watch it last night, and it wouldn't work. But it is the same. I mean... It's the same shit. It's the same, because... It like, just goes to show you. I haven't learned any more. I, I just learned. keep getting reminded of the same well, shit. And it just goes to show you how like few and far between shark attacks yeah, actually they really are. are. <laughs> they are. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so survivors recall trying to wake a man whose head was down only to watch his legless, lifeless torso spun in the water. Ugh. They remember the distant screams and violent thrashing in the water at night. The first night, the sharks focused on the floating dead, but the survivors' struggles in the water only attracted more and more sharks. As the sharks turned their attention toward the living, especially the injured and the bleeding, sailors tried to quarantine themselves away from anyone with an open wound, and when someone died, they would push the body away. 
So if you were bleeding actively, they wouldn't let you in their group. They were like, no, you need to go over that way and die, which is probably the most depressing thing. Yeah, but I understand. Yeah. We watched a movie on this once, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Ocean of Fear on the Discovery Channel. I think it was made in 2007. I've got some audio clips from that, too. I'm trying to go for the trifecta tonight and guess all of her clips before she puts them in. <laughs> I think that's it. I, I think so. Everyone suffers from the fierce tropical sun. It was hot. Hot in the day and cold at night. And that's what we talked about mostly. Smaller. It was bright. And it was hot. Woody James and Jim Newhall cover their faces in oil to prevent sunburn. Oh, her face. Some men's eyes become hypersensitive to the glaring reflected light. Their corneas burn, causing temporary blindness. Despite his thirst and exhaustion, Jim Newhall still tries to support the weak. Some of the guys would try to give up. And I told them if they gave up, I'd tell their wives, their kids. I tried all the psychology I could. Never give up. Never give up. Uh, many men were paralyzed with fear. One group of... Uh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> One group of survivors made the mistake of opening a can of Spam. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But before they could taste it, the scent of the meat drew a swarm of sharks around them. So apparently sharks like spam. Om, nom, nom, and nom, I think nom. also, um, as you will see, that obviously it wasn't just sharks that started to affect them. It's exposure, dehydration. And I think they say if you are going to suffer from dehydration, you don't want to eat anything. Really? Yeah. like Because it'll take your stomach like muscles and stuff to break down food, mm -hmm. which will detract, which requires more water. Okay. I think. If I'm wrong, it's happened before. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. O'Donnell didn't sleep much. When hunger and fatigue overcome them, this, the survivors slipped into a sort of semi-coma. Sometimes shaking out of these spells, they find that sailors in their group had disappeared. The K-Poke life jackets, that's what they called them, K-A-P-O-K, K-Poke, uh, most of them wore had been rated to float for about 72 hours. What? Yep, before becoming- Life jackets have- I, I know that's what I was thinking. <laughs> nope. Oh, they have shit. an expiration? Yep. They become waterlogged and therefore useless. The jackets became saturated. And I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but it's depressed now. pulled their helpless wearers to the bottom. So it becomes weighted. So you're actually wearing a weight. As the days passed, many survivors succumbed to heat and thirst or suffered hallucinations and compelled them to drink the seawater around them. Mm. A sentence of death by salt poisoning. They would slip into madness, foaming at the mouth as their tongue and lips swelled. They often became as great a threat to the survivors as the sharks circling below. Many dragged their comrades underwater with them as they died. So they're freaking the fuck out and not yes. knowing where they are and so if you're next to someone who's losing their mind they're just as much a danger to you as the sharks are o'donnell remembers men who swore that the ship had broken in half and that one part had floated back up and was just beneath the water surface men saw things trains hotels they talked about nearby islands they'd visited and the food and drink and women they'd enjoyed there 
Fights broke out over nothing. Men threatened each other with jackknives. Some survivors have reported that shipmates attacked others thinking they were Japanese spies. So everyone's just going insane. They're literally like yeah. delusional. Which I would definitely, I would be on that boat. I would have drank the salt water. I'm not a survivor, which I'm okay with. I don't know, man. This is all so fucking depressing. Like, I know. I and I find it you. terrifying Yeah. at the same time. Those who kept their wits spent hours praying and taking stock of their lives in case they didn't make it. When asked what he thought of during those days floating in the sea, O'Donnell simply said, everything. Which is, like, on top of that, you're bored, you know. Uh, many of the men had had enough. Those who weren't out of their minds were racked with skin ulcers that stung and pussed in the salt water. Their lips were cracked, and they choked for the lack of saliva. They had had enough of thirst, enough of waiting for ships and planes that weren't coming. They had had enough of death. I have to cite this source because I didn't write this. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> After 11 a.m. on the fourth day in the water, a Navy plane flying overhead spotted the Indianapolis' survivors and radioed for help. Uh, within hours, another seaplane, manned by Lieutenant Adrian Marks, returned to the scene and dropped rafts and survival supplies. And I should clarify, the rafts that they had were not the type that you think of that keep your feet, like, out of the water. They're kind of a rectangle-shaped styrofoam, and, like, a net kind of drops down in the bottom. So you're kind of standing on a rigid net. So your feet are still in the water, and most of you is in the water. Uh, when Mark saw men being attacked by sharks, he disobeyed orders and landed in the infested waters and then began taxing his plane to help the wounded and stragglers who were at the greatest risk. Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side chief. He was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lady just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. The vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know. You know that when you're in the water, Chief, you tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. What we didn't know was our bomb mission had been so secret, no distress signal had been sent. They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo. And the idea was, shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he starts pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. 
You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men, the average six an hour. On Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player, Bosun's mate. I thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water. It was like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Noon the fifth day, Mr. O'Curry, Lockheed Ventura. So he swung in low and he saw us too. The young pilot, a lot younger than Mr. Hooper anyway, he saw us and he come in low. And three hours later, a big fat PBY comes down and starts to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out, and the sharks took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. A little after midnight, the USS Doyle and the USS Bassett arrived on the scene and helped to pull the last survivors from the water. O'Donnell doesn't remember seeing the rescue boat from the Bassett. He doesn't recall realizing that they were being rescued at all. I just knew that when they got me in the boat, he says, I was better off than where I was. A lot of guys, they could not move. They had to be carried all on uh, stretchers and things like that. And uh, When the war was over, many survivors served out their Navy stints in stateside bases and then returned to civilian life back to their families. O'Donnell was a firefighter for like 40 years or something. He died in 2013. And the article I'm reading is from the Indy Star from 2005. Of the Indianapolis's original 1,196-man crew, only 317 remained. Estimations of the number who died from shark attacks range from a few dozen to almost 150. It's impossible to be sure. But either way, the ordeal of the Indianapolis's survivors remains the worst maritime disaster in U.S. naval history. And the largest shark attack. But what happens when you have a big accident like this? Uh, the government covers it up. You got to blame someone too. You got to cover it up someone. and blame someone at the same time. So for years, the crew members did not know who was responsible for the sinking of the Indianapolis, which I assume they would like figure it's a Japanese submarine, but I didn't, you know, specifics. I'm not sure. But the blame was placed on the crew's captain, Charles Butler McVeigh, who was among the survivors. McVeigh was court-martialed after the war and convicted of failing to steer the ship to avoid torpedoes. Oh, my God. He didn't zigzag enough, is what they kept saying over and over again, that you were supposed to be zigzagging. And he's like, actually, they told me I could zigzag at my discretion, and you told me the waters were, you know, like clear, that I didn't need an escort even when I asked for one. And they're like, nope. This is your fault, and you didn't yell uh, abandon ship soon enough. And people are like, yes, he did. It went down in like 12 minutes. And so they blamed him for all of this. And they even brought the dude <laughs> that pulled the button on the submarine torpedo 
flew him over here to testify, treated him like an honored guest. And the dude was like, I just like killed a bunch of your friends and you guys are treating me real well. Wanted him to testify in the trial in which he said zigzagging would have not helped him. I was I shot that ship down. You're like that's and but they misinterpreted things he said intentionally, maybe. Probably. So you had to have a translator that was like, let me fix what you're saying here. And so he kept saying, like, the captain didn't do any, like, nothing. You How guys... could you? I know. They had no sonar, no battle escort, and you should have zigzagged and yelled overboard sooner. Yeah. It went down in 12 minutes. I know. Let's see, that so... makes me so sad. This dude should be a fucking, like, decorated war hero, and instead he's going to go to fucking jail for it. So they lifted his sentence, but, and, and like, cited his bravery. But the conviction remained on his record. So I don't know. Like, you were court-martialed, so that stays on your record, I think. Oh, yeah. Even though they're like, he was the only captain to be court-martialed. Yeah, I think if you get if you get court-martialed, that passes on into civilian life. Hundreds of ships were hit with torpedoes during the war. He was the only one to be court-martialed for it. And it's like, all of his, like, crew members die. Like, so... But eight years later, in 1968, McVeigh shot himself with his service weapon. Yeah, well, are we freaking surprised? Yeah, I think he put on his, like, uniform and shot himself on his front Wow, I could truly fuck someone up over this. Yeah. Don't worry. In 1990, previously classified information revealed that the U.S. intelligence was aware that two Japanese submarines, including the one that fired the torpedoes, were in the path of the Indianapolis. McVeigh and his crew were sent out into the ocean without being informed that danger was ahead. Why? What did that do for them? Uh, It didn't. It preserved that they had Japanese codes. Like, if I tell you, that means you know we have Japanese, like, what is it when you can break codes? Code breaker. Code breaker. There you go. (laughs) Years later, under pressure from survivors to clear his name, McVeigh was posthumously exonerated by Congress and President Bill Clinton. So, Bill Damn. fixed it. Bill fixed it. Too bad he never lived to see. No, and that's where they're like any of that happened. I don't know if it was O'Donnell's. Like it didn't do him any good, but it did us some good. And so now the Indianapolis Museum uh, had its grand opening, July seventh, two thousand seven. USS Indianapolis National Museum, August 2nd, 1995. I don't know. Where? I don't know. It was located on the Canal Walk. Yeah. National, it's the memorial. Mm-hmm. Did I say museum? Yes. yes. No, memorial. And all the crew members' names are listed on the monument with specific notation for those who lost their lives. This is something I didn't know. May 11th, the Highway 465 around Indianapolis was named the USS Indianapolis Memorial Highway. Yes, I have seen that sign before. I don't know if I ever done. I'm not like, really hey. sure why they need a highway dedica- dedicated to them, but yeah, because everyone, everyone in Indianapolis goes, "Where are you at? I'm driving around the Indianapolis." Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's always 465. Okay, so I think that's all I have. I knew that made me really sad. I know it's sadder than you think it would be. They were just bleeding out, throwing up, pissing mm-hmm. and shitting themselves, Le- trying to gasp for like any kind of liquid they could. I think for sunscreen, they were using oil, like, yeah, you know, just covering themselves in oil for sunscreen. I probably would have died 
Oh, there. I would have been fine with it too. They said some people did just swim off, like I'm done. And then one guy, I'll put the audio clip in somewhere in here that he was like, if people started to give up, he said, I'll tell your wives and your kids that gave up. Be like, dude, fuck you. I'm Seriously. just done. I would have died of sun poisoning, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, that's what it was like. That's what, and they're pulling them out of their water and the skin is just like coming off because it was so waterlogged. How long did it take for them to be? For really five days. <gasps> and Even they though, knew? And when they and didn't I show think, up on time? Oh, yeah. Okay, so one guy got in trouble that it was his job to report. And it wasn't normal. They normally didn't report that a ship like the Indianapolis didn't show up. And it was like, eh, whatever. And now they've changed it where if ships don't show up, you have to report it. Well, you one, would just think. Someone did report it to like his supervisor and the guy went, meh, whatever. And so, but don't worry, he was. Well, I'm pretty sure there was a couple ships that got that distress call, and because their mission was so top secret, no one knew they were out there, so they thought it was a mistake. Yeah, that did it. And then one, someone else got it, and they were drunk, and someone else got it, and their commanding officer told them, "Don't bother me." Well, I think there was a couple ships that got the distress call on the Titanic and ignored it. Mm -hmm. God damn. Yeah, they do it all the time. I guess it's really nowadays. No, distress call goes out from man. If they found out, you ignore. But see, one. nowadays with the way communications are, you know, if you've got a cruise ship or something that's going down, or yeah, so yeah, someone got admonished, got a stern lecturing, while the captain got court-martialed. When someone that if they had no, just pointed- the person because the person who <laughs> made that call was uh, higher up. Yeah, no, the guy that didn't report that Indianapolis didn't show up. Yeah, he got a stern, and his supervisor got a stern warning, or an ad. But they court-martialed a guy that was that survived in the water. Captain would have been answering to, I'm sure, to an admiral or vice Mm -hmm. admiral. But they said the cap that their captain never should blame onto anyone else. That he was like, I'm responsible. I like, I'm responsible for everything that happens. And it was all almost like they were treating him like he should have gone down with his ship, and he was like, I got knocked out by water like pushed me out of the way and into open ocean like the suction you know Mm -hmm. and he was like i didn't even have a chance to be like i'm gonna stay on it which is not a thing anyways you're not they said that's a folklore or whatever that you know that's bullshit you're not supposed to do that they say they do it on the titanic is supposed to be the last person person to leave the ship Mm -hmm. yeah i get that yeah as the guy from the coast of concordia i think that's what it was that cruise ship that Dude, that's another off. fucking story. That's right there. nuts. Yeah. So there were 42 Hoosiers on the ship and two survived. One was O'Donnell that I was talking about, and I don't know who the other one was. And so I'm assuming he might not have lived long enough to be interviewed. I don't know. So Frank was in the Navy, and he was, which is our grandfather on mom's side, he was a mailman, mom said, and that he was in. Hawaii, and he was in the middle of his. And is it is it a tour? I don't know what it, his service. He was in the middle of his service when the USS Indianapolis was shot down, but he was in Hawaii and San Diego, or I think that's what my mom said San Francisco, maybe one of the two. Mm-hmm. But no, I I don't know if there's anything else. And then Dad's dad was in the Marines, but so these guys, the survivors, all get together, and where I do didn't you, know your grandfather was a Marine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all the survivors get together every year, and where do you think they get together at? In Indianapolis. Indianapolis. <laughs> they get together in Indianapolis. They say they've adopted this city. They all get, you know, before airlines were shitty as they are now, the airlines would cover their travel fees, 
And, you know, every year, though, there's less and less of them. So. Obviously, because I'm time. Not, yeah, I'm not sure how many there are right now. The articles I was reading, you know, might have been from 2005 or this or that. So. Well, and you have to think, it's yes, it's been 74 years, but that means that people have to be older than 74 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some of them, they, and they're it's men. They don't live as long. 84 years. What's <laughs> <laughs> Titanic, duh. It's like one of the first scenes of the movie. Oh, I thought it was the first scene of the movie. It's like, it's been 110 years. So she's years. a real old goddamn liar. liar. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to go watch that and then turn it off when it gets sad. Yep. That shit makes me so, just like when a Titanic? lot of people, when, yeah, like when what, a lot of people die. What's the sad die, scene for Titanic? In the water. Because the sad part for me is where she throws the $25 million necklace. Probably worth more than that into the fucking water. But she goes, oops. <laughs> the sad part for me is when they're driving their boat through frozen dead people. Yep. They wouldn't have been frozen and they pick in this. Up de- they pick up babies and shit. Yep. They wouldn't have been frozen in this one because it was like over 100 degrees. Yeah. There's, you know, if you're, if you're in the Atlantic, you're going to freeze to death. If you're in warmer water, you're going to get eaten. Mm-hmm. God damn. So, so really, your best bet is to be in lake water and just hope you don't float up to deliverance or something. Or crocodiles. Yeah. Bull sharks will swim into fresh water. Would they do anything, though? They're just mean, aren't but I they? Think that's a lot Bull less. sharks have like the highest testosterone of any animal, uh, I think. Yeah. One of the guys, he's Aust- was in the Australian Navy, who's the host of a lot of the Shark Week shows, got his arm and his leg bit off doing drills. Because the bull shark had his his leg and his arm in his mouth and pulled him off. But he's an advocate. Thumbs up. Advocate of sharks? Yeah. I understand that. They did. Okay. So this year they did a reenactment. It was him and I don't know who else that had a a grandfather that was on the Indianapolis. But they were doing a reenactment of being in the water for like 42 hours or something. So like at least overnight with in shark infested waters around them i haven't watched it yet but you know the same idea of falling asleep in the water so i'm not sure and then being out in the middle of the ocean at night (gasps) it's all just terrifying it's black black out at night like it's not and they said you know they would get when the ships finally did show up and had a light out they thought it wasn't really them because you know it was like light reflecting off the clouds type of thing Mm -hmm. so So, i mean all of them when but, we go back, how many people survived? 317. That's still kind of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Of the 1,200. I know, but that's a better percentage than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Mostly probably died from dehydration and exposure and yeah. or wounds. Some like, people got eaten by sharks. Yeah, so. some people did. Um, but I think the scariest thing would have, some people, I mean, they were spread out, I think, over like 20 miles. So they weren't just all together. And some people were alone. Like, you by yourself couldn't see anyone for miles and miles and miles. Do you think there was anyone they missed? I I mean, if oh, you... Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. I'd rather be eaten by a shark. Yeah. I just would have swallowed a bunch of seawater. No, because then you'd have... you. I mean, you'd shit yourself to death. <laughs> I've been there. I've been close. I've been close. <laughs> No, yeah. that yeah, it's all it's all very sad. When I start to think about like mass oh, yeah, amounts people. of people dying, like I just get very, very and, like and sad. I think when about they it. ask this guy about it about PTSD. Yeah, you guys typically don't get upset if just one person dies. 
Well, usually well, it takes, you know, there's like, it, no, it's a feeling. It's a weird, and if it was five people die. Carla's not upset. We get, beyond, I know you need prob- to, you need get to get to like, to like in the teens. Yeah, no, you, it has to be at least 18, I think. Um, <laughs> no, but that's, this is honestly one of the reasons I have trouble watching end of the world movies. Yeah. I find like it desolate, abandoned. I, I find it very, yes. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's nothing fun about it. No, I mean, and the survivors all had, you know, trauma and PTSD, things like that. The guy that they were, O'Donnell, that they interviewed said it was just the same type of trauma he would have dealt with, like a bad car crash or anything like he, but his whole house, I think, was decorated in all Indianapolis stuff. Really? Yeah. Anything you could think of was something Indianapolis. He's a cutie. He, it was hard for me to watch it because he looked like Frank. And I, then I was mad that we had never asked him this stuff where's what was that what was i supposed to do i was only 12 well i can blame you <laughs> some you know, to ask frank yeah about as a 12 year old can you tell me a little bit more i about... don't even know what frank did he was the Navy. mailman you weren't oh, listening that's, right. that's and so right. there might have not been much to say besides that i mean well yeah and like you said tech or communication is just different mm-hmm. nowadays compared to when it was back then you know what's weird i don't know a single one of my relatives that served in world war ii when was what was your uncle dan he was on the midway though but what but that was vietnam vietnam he joined the marine corps and then wanted to fly an airplane after he got out of the marines for he had a uh he had a full ride to play football at iu Mm -hmm. and then uh or it, it was the way back then like if you got redshirted as a freshman you didn't get the scholarship right away so he he went ahead and joined the Marine Corps to go to Nam. His first week or his second week at boot camp, he got a letter sent forwarded to him from Bear Bryant from Alabama saying he wanted him to come play football at Alabama. And he said, this letter had been here two weeks sooner. Like, goes, Thanks, sir. But I mean, he wow. had a distinguished military career. Oh, yeah. This he, was his thing. We I toured. mean, they're both both cool things, too. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. retired his last his last. Uh, yeah. Commander. He was commander on the Midway. Okay. And we toured the Midway, and it's cool. In uh, San Diego? San Diego? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. That's pretty cool. Actually, I take that That's back. That's something you guys could we could talk about on um, a Patreon? Patreon episode is what it was like for mom and dad when they were sitting around waiting to hear if they had been drafted into the war or not. Your mom, about her getting drafted? Well, I mean, my, my mom said she remembers being yeah. in high school. Yeah, and everyone waiting around at the lunch tables to see if they were going to get oh, drafted. Oh, yeah, if it was your, if yeah. it was your birth date number, mm-hmm. that would be a shitty day. Um, I think it. I. I. I don't know. I think people just accepted. Don't it. hear people complaining about equal rights for women when there's a war broken out and everyone's getting well, drafted. Well, isn't that the? Isn't it? How? Actually, it's changed now. Yeah. Yes, President Obama changed. I think. That. Um. I think we're past the. Am I past the? No. What? what what's the age? Um, thirty. Thirty, I'd go if I got drafted. I have too many problems. You're too old. <laughs> I have. Too so you're too old, and you can't see. And I take too much psych meds. <laughs> They'd be like, "Lady, lady, that shit doesn't grow over there." Who did? Who brought? Who called you? Like, did you know. get called to come here? I just heard a voice <laughs> in my head, so I came on over. <laughs> wow, that's kind of it. Is kind of cool to talk about yes. all that my, shit. You that know happened. what's weird? None of my dads or any of his brothers got drafted. Hmm. And I think they were all old enough to have gone over to Vietnam. I don't, I mean, dad didn't get drafted. I don't know if any of of his friends did. I don't know. Um, Your dad would have just been old enough at the end of Vietnam to get drafted. Right. 
trying to think. It's really intre- It's weird to think about. Yeah. So hopefully, this is- I'm I'm really hoping like we don't see a war like that in our lifetime. Like well, I know right now, right now the being dra- it, it would take an act of Congress to even bring the draft back. Right. Because I think now you don't have to. Or no, you did. I had to fill out a draft card. You did. When I turned eighteen. Yep. Did I? I don't recall nope, because it was. It, not it was illegal for to draft a female. Not now. Nope. I would say things are different now. I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. Well, I just I hope we don't see a war, another war like that in our lifetime because the stakes are different. If so, don't get on a boat. Jesus. Oh, uh, if there's another war like that, someone someone's just gonna drop a bomb and we'll all be, be fine. Over. Get on They'll that drop website. A bomb, then we'll drop a bomb. They'll drop a bomb, and we'll drop a bomb, and then that's basically it for yep. humanity. Wah, 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 wah. The end of the world. Also, by we Daniel. need to stop talking about this because I'll get depressed thinking about that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I that's think okay. that's It'll all. It'll probably happen in the next five years. So like, One can hope. I'm just kidding, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start being, my eye twitch is going to, it's going to transfer like, to both, both eyes. eyes. You'll be like, I can't even see. And they're going to be like, what's wrong with you? And I'm going to be like, war. The world is ending. <laughs> the war. <laughs> we'll put the link in maybe to that website. Where you can test out bombs. Yeah, it'd be pretty dope. I'd like to look at it. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I got. I think so. Anything? I liked the topic today. You didn't fall asleep. I didn't. Sharks. Shark week. Ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, at Who's Your Homicide. Like us on Facebook. And we are, you can listen to us. Yes, that's true. On um, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Google Play, and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And you can send us an email if you feel so inclined, I guess. Yeah. We have a Gmail. Mm-hmm. Everything's just Hoosier Homicide. Yeah. It's not hard to figure out. Mm. Um, And our next Patreon episode will be up to... It is also sports-related, but not all of them will be. Right, Daniel? I think we have some pretty good ideas up our sleeve that are... Oh, is there a mouse more... in your pocket? Wee oui, wee. Oui. They don't let me do them for some reason. Well, because... We, the oh, last couple have do... just been at night. Like, all of a sudden, we're like, we should probably record one. Okay. Like, okay. Well, just text me so I feel better. And he happens to have new, like, two things in his head, two topics well enough that he didn't even really have to No, I know. Them. Just text me next time so I feel included. When I, I turn you down, I'll feel okay, okay. about You're it. Like, sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> we can always... I got some topics, too. We could talk about. We should. We can do it remotely. We need to figure it out. Ah, remote. I gotta take this. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll just. Uh... Uh, Daniel uh, just left. He had to take a phone call. It's okay. We all have to sometimes. I understand the feeling. But no, we can do it remotely. Like you'll have your laptop, which I have here. Yeah, I'd like to have that back. I wonder if you could use the snowball that we have, though. You just can't sit up on it like this. It's I can just record my own, where I just talk by myself. I don't know how people do free speech in to their microphone. I don't know. We should sign up. Okay. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out of the, the corn, corn, ocean water. <laughs> do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. Oh, Becca doesn't know what she's doing. Paradise. You've never watched Paradise? Oh, it's garbage TV. It's great. Oh, yeah. Trash, trash, trash.